hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you very much for listening, downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 127. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about them a little later. Not really much to talk about this week. You know, it's been a pretty quiet week in the telco game. Joining me, as always, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor, and uh, an understatement if ever I've heard one there. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, Leah, there was actually a lot to talk about. Yes, it's, a, it's kind of a very quick carry-on. It's like a to-be-continued from last week, so we won't waste any time. We'll get straight into it. So last week, um, we, we talked about the, the dramas with ISP1, which is this mobile phone wholesaler that buys part of the Telstra network and sells it on to people like Kogan and Aldi and that they there was a court case going on Telstra was trying to shut them down they got an injunction against that it went to mediation and then it went back to court last earlier this week for um to set a date and different things and the very day that that happened Kogan uh, removed from sale the the long-term recharges the the 90 and 365 day recharges and then within hours um, we found word that Ferrier Hodgson had been called in and uh, voluntary administration had been applied to ISP1, thus ending the mobile phone service of Kogan because Aldi, despite the fact they were in the exact same situation, had done a deal with Telstra directly to carry their service over and continue on. We'll talk about that in a minute, but Kogan was unable to come up with a deal with Telstra and basically... That's the end of the game, and Telstra then very quickly put out a, a statement saying that um, this had occurred and that T- Kogan customers would receive a text message saying they um, they could no longer recharge, and then shortly after that, they'd receive a text message saying they were on a seven-day plan and all things were going to end for them. And so literally, within 30 days, Kogan customers, out the window, no more service. Mate, this is just this is the biggest, um, uh, biggest story in technology for some time affecting everyday people because it's 115,000 thousand people. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, there has been quite a dramatic few days, uh, to say the least. Uh, and look, when when Kogan Mobile first began, it was only last year, late last year, and uh, everyone embraced this idea of this prepaid service, affordable prices, very generous uh, inclusions, unlimited texts, unlimited uh, calls, and six gig of data. Everyone thought, wow, uh, is this too good to be true? And it, it obviously generated a lot of popularity. It took months to get a SIM card and the system carried on. And, and you know, I've got skin in the game here. My youngest daughter, Haley, she's, uh, she's a Kogan mobile customer. And, you know, the, the, the whole thing has carried on. And, and then there was a case uh, which we referred to where Kogan uh, had to, uh, he, I think he had a, a court battle with ISP1 about uh, fair usage. Kogan took them to court and won, but then agreed to raise the prices slightly, which was a natural adjustment. Yeah, but... but then this comes along, though, mm. and look, it's, it's, a, it's a sad day for Kogan Mobile that he doesn't have a product to sell anymore because of ISP1 going, uh, going bust. But um, 
Is it a case where this was just too good a deal to sustain or is it just the, the natural forces of the market, Telstra wanting to get their share, that there were, how this has occurred? Oh, look, I don't, this is the problem really. Telstra look like the bully here. They look like the bad guy, but honestly, it's got nothing to do with them. They were owed millions and millions of dollars by ISP1 they were they were owed. So their so their claim then of these unpaid invoices were in fact true. Then. Absolutely, there's no doubt about that. And so ISP one because they can't pay them, go into voluntary administration. The problem here is really simple. Um, you know, Kogan looks bad to some customers because they've shut down. Telstra looks bad because they've shut down Kogan. But actually, ISP one didn't make it through the business world because they did a deal with Telstra that was unique. They were going to on-sell the Telstra network. This was revolutionary. No one else is doing that. And they did a deal for... Let, let, let's just let's just theorize. They did a deal, said to Telstra, hey, we're going to resell. We think we can pull in 50,000 customers. Um, you know, we think they'll use 500 meg of data a month. You know, so we'll off. And so they did a deal at a certain price. And the, the amount of data being used by Kogan and Aldi customers, the amount of minutes being used was just not planned. And so basically the business plan for ISP1 for this resale agreement just didn't work and it didn't add up and they lost money because so the, average, the yeah. average Kogan customer, 1.6 gig a month, right? That is like five times the average mobile user out well, in the broader market. Of like, Trevor, it reminds me of the model where you it, it's like you got this big buffet in front of you. You go yep. you go to this they go to this restaurant there's an all you can eat buffet in front of you. Hmm. The mindset of most people is I'm going to have a crack here and get my money's worth. <laughs> that was a sort of that that's the sort of mindset I think that a lot of Kogan customers had. They think I've got 6 gig of, of data here, I'm going to have a crack. Bloody oath. And they've done it. And it goes back to my question, though. It, it's it, it, the deal was great for Kogan to offer, but it was obviously something that ISP One couldn't sustain because yep. they thought, well, they under really underestimated the demand for this. And look what's happened. Um, you know how Aldi that that deal they've sort of that last that deal in the eleventh hour there with Medion, uh, who is another supplier has kind of they've got a stay of execution. But how long can they continue even? So their present one. I noticed on one of your stories or one of your comments on social media, you're wondering, well, the Aldi deal looks good, but how long is going to be that good? Exactly. So Medion is actually Aldi's representation in this game. Globally, Aldi does this mobile thing everywhere. Aldi are a bigger business than Kogan. And frankly, they're a smarter business than Kogan. They've got these people that know how to do deals. They know how to get out of these problems. Uh, my personal suspicion, my, my belief is that Aldi sat around a table and went, you know what? This is going to go bad. We don't want the bad publicity. We'll do this as a loss leader for the next couple of months. They're probably just, I'm um, literally, no idea, but they're probably paying $60, $70 a month per customer to Telstra. So they're going to lose money for, for months here, but they would prefer to lose money and still have a service than be part of this whole drama right now. More than likely, my opinion, they'll withdraw their big unlimited data, limited calls yeah. and, and huge data offering in a, in a few months, and they'll have a maybe a $30 plan with unlimited calls, unlimited texts, and, you know, 800 meg or a gig of data, and that's still very appealing to many people, but the yeah. deal they've got now I don't think will be around in six months, well, and that's the, yeah. that's the reason Aldi isn't the best option for Kogan customers. And I'm also hearing... Technically, for whatever reason, porting from Kogan to Aldi, impossible. Yeah. 
Well, it's kind of you're porting the, within the same network. And it's, and it's be- apparently causing technical dramas. So if that's your yeah. plan, don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just just on the on the Kogan side again, and and he mentioned the fact that uh, the well the company mentioned the fact that no one's going to be out of pocket, um, yep. and the, he's agreed to give if there's any unpaid credit, and, and I fall in this case. Like we, I bought my daughter credit in December last year for twelve months, so now there's obviously a few months left on that. So I'm expecting a refund of sorts, mm. pro rata amount, whatever it works out to be. But I did notice, and and you commented again on this, that he sent out an email saying, look. You'd need to wait until Telstra sends out the second text and then you'll have seven-day plan and then you can go before the, the your refund is processed. So it's caused just another layer of confusion that we just don't need right Again, now. Again, people, everyday people don't care about the politics and the drama. They just got that email and thought, what, I'm not entitled to my refund? Uh, immediately after that Kogan email went out, I got an email saying, what, what do you mean? I'm not getting – because I've already ported. See, people – Yesterday went. Oh, this is this is ending. I'm porting away on the assumption they'd get their money back, and they got that message from Kogan today, thinking, "What? I'm not going to get my money back." But what's actually happening? And I've spoken to some sources pretty close to the to the Kogan Mobile, and that you will definitely get your money back, even if you ported it away yesterday, and yeah. it will be pro rata from yesterday, the date that you ported away. You won't you won't have to wait for that text message. The yeah. issue here is actually about the ability for the system to cope with 115,000 people porting away. Exactly right. So Telstra Telstra are staggering those 115,000 people across the next 30 to 60 days. So Kogan's basically saying, look, in terms of getting the best and the fastest port, that's the way to go. And also, you know what, (laughs) this is is the last dash attempt at, at being value. You're still paying less if you stick with Kogan for longer. <laughs> but I tell you what I like. I thought it was very cheeky of Optus to send out that offer late, uh, just just as the like the, the body the body was still warm on the on the the mortuary table there. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Optus has come out and it's offered. Kogan and Aldi customers are way into the Optus network. I think it's the first three recharges, you'll get double the data. So they're in there with well, look, so 280,000 customers. That's a pretty decent chunk of people yeah. that Optus are trying to, to trying to get on their books there. I thought that was a little bit cheeky. But, Very uh, smart. Look, uh, the, you the, know, I the, think that, look, it's, it's, not a, it's a pretty messy situation and you know, it, it's going to be a little bit, of, little bit of work for people to go find a new, a new carrier and decide on a new plan. But a lot of people might decide to go on a post plan. Hmm. Uh, uh, a postpaid d- uh, deal after after this experience Look, for a little I, bit of security. I, but I, we, we talked last week about what to do, and, and I do feel bad because I did advise to, to sign up for 12 months, but you'll get your money back. But the thing, um, the thing oh, I do think there's really only two left now in terms of value. A MaySim, $39, unlimited calls, unlimited text, and three uh, four gig of data on the Optus network, or Boost, um, forty dollars unlimited calls, unlimited texts, and, fo- and three gig of data. Yep. Boost is on the Telstra network. It's actually on the Next G network, so better speeds than Kogan had anyway. And yep. um, and you'll find that that's where most people are going. I've had several people tell me that they ported yesterday, and it was a quick experience. Yep. Um, it happens. It's not a very good system, to be honest. It happens either over the phone or on live chat. But I actually did the live chat last night. And to be very clear, I asked the the representative was in the Philippines, part of the Telstra call center. 
and right. the service was fantastic. I just chatted away on the text me- on the on the on the screen and uh, had a had a great conversation. We got it all sorted, and within uh, within a couple of hours, everything was ported over from Kogan to Boost. Um, and I've had several people tell me that. So I think a Maysim or, or Boost are really the best options for genuine Kogan customers today. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I was eyeing off the boost uh, for my daughter, and uh, that that's likely to be the scenario. And I'm very happy to hear that the transition process is smooth there, Trev, yeah. because she's uh, concerned. A 13 year old, of course, uh, can't be away from their phone for more than three <laughs> seconds, so yes. uh, I can't leave her without a proper service with plenty of data. That was one thing she specified. It needs to have a lot of data. Well, the key key advice today uh, and ongoing over the next 30 days is. Allow time, though, because even though I've had people do it in an hour, I'm hearing that it's already slowed down to about three or four hours in terms of the porting time, and yeah. that's because of the number of people porting. So, Absolutely. Do it in the morning. people hear this, they're going to be rushing over. Oh, please. <laughs> so uh, anyway, look, it's, it's not been a great week for mobile uh, telecommunications in this country, but um, in the end, think of it this way. If you, if you were with Kogan, you got a good deal for a few months, and think of yeah. that as back pocket money for Christmas, but you do need to find something else. There's a couple good offers there offers there i've listed a heap on eftm.com today if you're interested um and in fact we did a story on a current affair this week i i think and this it sounds selfish or egotistical but i don't do the story i just talk but ali petrowski who did the story in, in five minutes totally wrapped the, the the situation up and put a few of the offers up on screen really well so if good. that's the way you absorb stuff you can check that out on the aca website as well um and uh, you can follow it with interest and, uh, and a whole stack of other stuff happening uh, on my website and of course stevens techguide.com.au you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we should continue the theme of customers and uh, paying big bills and in the whole mobile space here, Trevor. We'll continue the theme here with uh, a story coming out of Optus. Now, uh, what Optus has done, they've announced today that they're going to uh, introduce new plans for international travellers. So mm. they're going to uh, allow people to use their own mobile overseas, but with very transparent and affordable rates so that they're not going to come home to a massive bill. And from November... They're also going to announce the Optus Travel Pack, which will offer $10 a day flat rate where it's unlimited calls, unlimited texts, and 30 meg of data per per day. Mm-hmm. So it uh, really takes a leaf out of the Vodafone book. We spoke about a couple of weeks ago about Vodafone announcing a $5 roaming cap, which is a similar kind of structure. I think it was unlimited talk, text, and data on the Vodafone deal. But uh, Optus have uh, gone out and announced this plan. They're, what they've done is they've changed their pricing model. So rather than having five different pricing, geographical pricing zones, they've now created two, mm. Zone 1 and Zone 2. Zone 1 being all the popular countries that we visit, Australia, New Zealand, Pacific Islands, Europe, UK, US, Canada, Asia, main, the main destination. Yep, zone yep. 2, a little bit more exotic, Latin America, Africa, Middle East. There's Basically, no doubt you're getting flat rates for talk, text, and data. The, the thing for me is that I actually think the Vodafone offer seems easier to understand. Now, the, the limitation with the Vodafone offer is it's only a couple of countries. Um, big countries, of course, the, the UK and the US and, and New Zealand. But it's also part of a plan, too. It, Optus well, is part, you can incorporate that into your existing plan. Well, the thing here is, so, so the Optus one has this $10 a day travel pack, which gives you unlimited calls and texts, but it gives you only 30 meg of data. So basically, bugger all. Whereas the Vodafone deal but gives you your normal plan. So for five bucks a day, you get your normal plan. So if you've got a gigabyte of data per month, 
and you're overseas for a week of that month, it's just a gigabyte of data across your month, including your time overseas. Much easier to understand. And, and here's the big thing, mate. The ball's in Telstra's court now. They're the only ones Absolutely. that haven't come out, have they? Well, I'm hoping, and, and I'm, I am a tel- I'm a Telstra customer myself, and I, I was thinking that very thing. In fact, I wrote in my story today on Tech Guide, I wrote my, the last line of my, my story I wrote, well, Telstra is now the only holdout, but I decided I just deleted that line for some reason. Just rather than mention that they're not doing it, I just left them out altogether. <laughs> mention the fact that Optus and Vodafone are now doing it. So, mate, I, 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 that was going to be my next line. I hope to God that Telstra jumps into this as well because they, they're going to kind of look bad if they don't. Uh, but time will tell. I'm, I'm hoping they do because, as I said, I'm a customer and I'd love to be able to answer my own number overseas without worrying that's going to cost me $10 to say hello to someone and when they ring me. And, and we're so, not talking uh, about, you know, ridiculous international travellers here. The, the, the example I'll give you, now you go overseas more than I do, but just the simple example of CES, right? You and I take a second phone with a local SIM card, radio stations ring us on that number so that it doesn't cost us money, all that kind of jazz. It, yep. For me, and I'm on Vodafone, um, when I'm in the US next year, for example, I've just got to pay five bucks a day. So I'm there for six days, 30 bucks, and I can use all the calls I want. I can send all the texts I want. People can ring me on my number, and I can use data. I've just got to remember that it's my normal data cap, and I've got to be careful. And you'd be happy to hand over that 30 because oh, you try to get another plan. Like, oh, you'd normally get a T-Mobile or an AT&T in the States, and it costs you probably that much per day anyway. Easy. Probably Easy. more. Yeah. I was paying 60 bucks with T-Mobile, and it's getting really slow speeds. And remember, it's an inconvenience. It's another number. So great yeah. stuff from uh, from Optus. And if you want to read more about those, um, th- those, uh, those new deals, those international deals, just go to the website uh, for Stephen Fennick, techguide.com.au. Now, there's only um, only a week or so left uh, for for you to get your chance to win one of 20 Samsung Galaxy S4 smartphones. Um, purchase a product before August 31st, and then head to the website for Netgear, netgear.com.au, and that's that's this is about you having a chance to win a great phone as a result of buying a great modem router. The uh, upgrade your home network with a new Netgear D6200 next gen Wi-Fi modem router, and you could be taking home one of 20. Samsung Galaxy S4 smartphones. Um, it's a D6200. You purchase it during the promotional period, which, as I say, ends on 31st of August. Then you just register your details, tell them in 25 words or less why you need a Netgear Smart Connected Home, and then you've got a Galaxy S4. And here's the thing. The Galaxy S4 has next-generation Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, AC. That's faster speeds, better range, as does the modem router from Netgear, the D6200. So you've got the best of both worlds, and uh, you could win one of those. So check out the website, netgear.com.au, for more information. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, a few months ago, we, we got the uh, the sneak peek of the PlayStation, then they showed us the PlayStation, and we still don't have a date or a price. But finally, overnight... Uh, Sony rolled out the red carpet and uh, talked about everything internationally in terms of uh, when, where and what. In the US, the PlayStation 4 uh, will go on sale on November the 15th, as well as Canada, with Australia and New Zealand, uh, along with um, parts of Europe and, and, and South America, getting it on November the 29th. So November 29, just 26 or 27 days before Christmas, $549 for the PlayStation 4. And I reckon that's a pretty good deal. Absolutely. Well, you cast your mind back a few years ago when the PlayStation 3 came out. 
Now, it was $999, and it was due for a November release back then. I think it was 2006 we're talking here. Yeah. It slipped to March the following year. Ah. So the hope that I don't think that's going to happen again. I think they'll stick to that November release date. Yep. Pricing is, is very competitive. And you've got to remember, too, there's going to be an Xbox One in the market around about the same time, yep. which is going to be cheaper, isn't it, or more, more expensive? Can't remember the price of that. But you know what? Oh, in cool. the end, um, I don't get a lot of sense that there is actually – I don't think people go into this console war actually debating which to get. People know which they want. For example, I know for a fact – that Stephen Fennick is a PlayStation guy. Now, you probably have both, but I know that your first yep. choice would be PlayStation. That's your community online. That's where yep. you play Call of Duty, whereas I am an Xbox guy, not because of the community. I actually don't know why. Um, it's just, something. <laughs> oh, you know, the games are there, but I'm a little bit in both camps. Um, you know, Gran Turismo gets me going on, on, on PlayStation, but I can F1. play Formula Hello. 1. Can you play F1 online? You can play it on both, you see. You can uh-huh. play it on both consoles. And it, and it doesn't worry me. So I think the majority of people that are first movers here, you know, the first first year buyers, know what they want. And they're, they're, they're telling their mums and dads or their wives which one they're getting for Christmas. Yeah, I think this is this is going to be a present that's not going to be just under the trees of a teenager. This is going to be a, a family purchase, I think, because it's you've got to remember, it's not just a gaming device. It's an all-around entertainment console. There's going to be new social features and, and entertainment features, access to content, uh, and, of, of course, exciting new titles, a lot of PlayStation 4 exclusives, as PlayStation tend to do. They, they have a lot of exclusive games, as does Xbox, but yep. they pride themselves on their exclusives, and it's just exciting. There was an announcement just uh, sent through tonight about Call of Duty Ghosts, the new game yeah. that comes out a couple of weeks before the PlayStation 4. Hmm. They're saying that you can pay an extra $10 and then upgrade yourself when it comes out, when the console comes out to the PlayStation Uh 4 version of the game, which is pretty smart. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of that because early November traditionally is the the – Gaming grand final week, if you like. It's when all the massive games comes out. Your Call of Duties, Assassin's Creed's, all, all the big games hmm. are early November, mid-November, about the same time as the PlayStation 4. So if you're a gamer, uh, console fan, this year, the end of this year is going to be quite a time. All these great games, great new consoles. Christmas is going to be is going to be huge if you're in the, into gaming. And just quickly, while we're talking gaming, uh, Xbox also announced overnight there they've got twenty odd launch titles for the Xbox One, from yep. Battlefield Four to Assassin's Creed Four, Call of Duty Ghosts, as you mentioned, um, FIFA fourteen. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of, of games hitting the Xbox One uh, at launch. So it's certainly- one other thing too. Sorry, mm-hmm. Trevor, from the PlayStation announcement. Apart from the date, they also announced a price cut for the PlayStation Vita. You know, the yes. port- system mm. that's going to be down reduced to two sixty nine ninety five. As is the PlayStation Three twelve gig model, the cheaper model. Mm. That's also going to be reduced to two sixty nine ninety five. So they they still got uh, obviously want to support those platforms. There's heaps of games and a lot of support out there. A lot of users out there. So uh, good to see that they're going to uh, give them offer them at a more competitive price and not forget them. Most oh. importantly, they're going to still support them. They even announce a lot of new games for the Vita and the PS three. The Vita. 
is one of my favourite things. I just don't get to play with it enough. So um, when we we're moving house, long story, but uh, when we get everything unpacked, I'm gonna I'm gonna really line up the stuff I want to use regularly, and I'm gonna keep that Vita going because I really enjoyed playing that that little. Well, it's gonna be a really console. good second screen for the PlayStation yeah. Four. There's gonna be a lot of ways to use that uh, with the main game on the PS4. So having your Vita handy is gonna be pretty cool. That's the plan. Uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, and uh, you can get more information about the PlayStation pricing announcement and whatnot from TechGuide.com.au. Now, there's one of the one of the worst things you can do to your mobile phone is get it wet. Now, <laughs> a lot of people out there who have, uh, and you know who you are, uh, and Amanda. a surprising number of people who have uh, had some accidents with their mobile phone, and I mean a decent percentage of people have dropped it down the toilet. Oh. They've spilt a drink. They've spilt it into a drink. They've left it out in the rain. These these people who are, and and there are many of them out there. That according to a survey by the company behind a new rescue kit called Eye Rescue, funny enough, hydrosorbent dehumidifiers is the name of the company. That's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. But what uh, what they're illustrating is the fact that so many people are doing this, and many of them, up to seventy percent, assume that the device is dead. Yeah. It's gone. They yeah. need to buy a new one. Well, the good news is that the Eye Rescue kit and According to the company, if used correctly and uh, you follow the instructions, 95% of devices can be revived. Yeah. If you do it right, and this is the key, you've got to have one of these things um, standing by ready to go. So it's not actually a bad purchase to have. It's like having a fire safety blanket in the, in the pantry, you know. It um, when it happens, you kick yourself. You just fair dinkum can't believe it's happened. And, uh, and these are the things that can help you get through. So uh, have a look at it. Um, check it out. What's the price again? It's seventeen ninety five, but it's 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 like a I, I call it in the story. It's like a first aid kit for your phone because it's a lot better than the rice cup of rice using the hairdryer. These these things are the people that say that works. It's a bit of an old wives' tale. Best off having something like this that can be used over and over again. It's the first eye rescue kit of its kind that you can use it. Uh, more than once. There are other kits on the market that you use them once, you've got to throw it away. This one will last you forever. And then the thing too, just quickly before we move on, um, it's not just phones. I mean, you drop your keys in the sink and the electronic, I mean, it's a drama. Yes. So Digital whack them cameras. in there as well. Doesn't matter yep. what it is. Your watch might might not have been as water resistant as you thought. So great <laughs> little thing to have on standby, the iRescue kit, um, wetphonesaver.com.au, their website, but you can check out the uh, the review and the video uh, that they've got from YouTube up on Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now we've got a couple of minutes before the much anticipated um, minute reviews, uh, and I just don't, I don't want to spoil it, but very exciting products. Um, the the thing this is a very cool thing I want to talk about before then though. I saw this at CES and a couple other places. Um, a light bulb that you can control with your iPhone. Now this isn't about well, it is a little bit, but it's not really about the connected home concept. It's actually a lot more than that. This is not just turn it on. This is colors and alerts and i mean who wouldn't want a light bulb in the lounge room that flashes when you get a new facebook message (laughs) exactly i'd want one of those but this is a fascinating little product because it's 
it, it just goes to show the power of the app accessory market. Like the, this, is yeah. a, this is a device that's a wireless, connects to your wireless network. You, it's controlled by an app, and it's just a, yet another thing you can control with your smartphone. And it's not just about uh, the smart home, as you said. It's all about creating moods uh, and colors, and there are recipes, as they call them, where you can set the light uh, the brightness of the light to be mm-hmm. more energizing or to be relaxing or to increase your concentration or you may want to recreate the, the color of a sunset or the color oh, of the sky or lovely. all of these things. You can connect up to 50 bulbs to one bridge. That The bridge connects to the modem. modem uh, the bridge then connects to the bulbs and you can have a lot of fun with the app. But I really like the timer and alarm functionality. Alarm, you can set it so that it g- brightens gradually until your alarm goes off and then the lights are on, or opposite, it can be dimmed slowly till it's completely dark. But the alerts are another good one too. You may set, the example I put in my story was, uh, you might put something in the oven that you need to have on for 45 minutes, and you set a Philips Hue uh, timer so that the light that you can see in the lounge room while you're reading your book or watching TV will change to a different color once that time uh, has elapsed. So little things like that, little uses for it. And, of course, the Facebook example that you mentioned too, Trev, you don't want to be missing out on those. And it can all be done by light. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, just be, be wary not to have them in every room and set them all to red. It's not a good look when you're walking the streets. But that's just my advice. I'm just just trying to help people out. You never know who's going to knock on your door. The Phillips Hue, uh, and you can read uh, more about it and see pictures and all those kind of things at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, now, in nearly every one of my radio segments this week, uh, right across Australia, I, Fennick, have <laughs> talked about Bluetooth speaker f- speakers because I'm kind of overwhelmed with them at the moment. We, I've had so many sent to me that I've realised, I mean, I knew it was a big segment, but geez, there's a lot of them. And one of the ones that I've, ha- I've had the most fun with recently was the one that you're going to talk about right now from uh, the Beats by Dr. Dre, The Pill. The Beats pill, well, it's called a pill because it looks like a pill, everyone. It's got rounded edges, uh, curved surfaces. Uh, it's about 19 centimetres wide, only weighs 310 grams, so it's uh, easy to take with you anywhere. And, of course, connects wirelessly with Bluetooth. Also has NFC on board. So if you've got a compatible phone or device, tap it on the back and you'll have an instant connection. Now, uh, as you said, very popular segment, and it's up against some pretty stiff competition, mainly from Bose. Logitech's uh, UE Boom are quite good. The Bravan with speakers, we've, all, all of those we've spoken about on the program. Hmm. Being a Beats, uh, a Dr. Dre product, I expected a bit more out of this, Trevor. I've got to say, the sound quality wasn't as good as I thought it would be. It was a little bit thin. Not, I won't call it tinny, but it, 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 I think it could have had a bit more depth. Bass really wasn't there. Now, the, the Dr. Dre headphones are very heavily bass-oriented, uh, so you get really solid bass feedback through them. The uh, the beat spill, while it sounded good and, and sounded pretty good at high volume, can fill up a room, just didn't quite make it for me. I, I think there are better better speakers on the market that are frankly cheaper, uh, although the uh, the Beats Pill offers things like uh, speakerphone functionality, so you can have it as to answer your calls through the microphone. And it's also got an interesting bridging feature where you can connect the Beats Pill to your stereo system and then use it to transfer wirelessly your music from your phone or stream music from your phone into that speaker system ah, into a, yes. or a receiver. Yes. That's a pretty cool feature, but a sound quality, I think they're a better on the market. Still, though, not a, not a bad sound, and it's $255. But also not the best price, too, in comparison to others in the market. But a funky little thing with a great travel case, so well worth checking out. The Beats Pill, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. 
Now, I know I said send me a memo with the rundown, but what's going on with Asus? <laughs> yeah, well, they've got, a, they've got a tablet called the Memo, the Memo Pad 7. Now, this is uh, very competitively priced, only $199. Uh, and yet another tablet on the market. But what uh, Asus have done here is offered in a number of colors. There are five different colors. Weighs only 320 grams, 10.7 millimeters thick. So if you're looking for a, a, a decent, it's, and that's got a, a high-definition display as well, 1280 by 800, uh, so that the screen quality is actually quite high for a product of this price. If you're looking for an entry-level kind of tablet that's small enough to hold in one hand, it's only seven inches, whether you wanted to use it for browsing, video, read, uh, reading e-books. It's also got a built-in micro SD card, uh, micro SD card slot, so you can increase the onboard 16 gig capacity. Uh, I think this is a pretty compelling little buy. 199, the Asus Mimo Pad 7, and available in either blue, white, pink, green, or gray. And that's us for the week, uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 127. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. You can follow me on Twitter, at Trevor Long. You can check out my gibbering at eftm.com.au. And uh, more importantly, you can follow Stephen on Twitter, at Stephen Fennick. And you can head to the website, techguide.com.au, to find his podcast. You can find his Facebook page. You can find everything there, as well as daily just an unbelievable amount of content. I don't know how you do it, but anyway, techguide.com.au. Thanks, mate. We'll talk to you next week. No worries. See you then. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And that's a wrap.